Hi, hello. I am back on YouTube. It has been a while. I haven't came out. I haven't come out of content for a while, but I am back, and I am happy to be back. Well, today will be a rather. Oh, I always say it's an impromptu podcast, but uh, yeah, it is an impromptu podcast, and usually that's just an excuse for me to be a bit disorganized. Either ways, if you've ever considered a Marian consecration or you have no idea what it is and you're wondering what it's all about, this podcast is about to go over the entire thing since I have just completed a 33-day Marian consecration according to this book, which is a really great one by, well, it's the St. Louis de Montfort True Devotion Consecration to Mary by... Father Helmets, uh, Libetus, Libetus, I hope I'm getting it right. I shall add his name into the description as well as perhaps if I can find some links on where to get this, I will include that as well. Without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Well, I'm not going to roll an intro today. I figured that got pretty old pretty darn fast. But I want to start out with why I did this. And actually, no, I'm not going <laughs> to start with that because I did a video before this on why I did this. But just a quick recap on roughly why. I was... Uh, let's just say that even though, yes, I was a raised good Catholic boy. But let's just say I wasn't very good. At least... Perhaps that's just the consecration talk kicking in. Oh, if you don't get what I mean by that, you will, you will understand when I get into it. But let's just say that I was in need of some divine intervention. And perhaps a good way to put it is that I think the basis of it is the fact that for the longest time I was pinning all of my virtue and my morality onto earthly women. Essentially, I was filling the hole in my heart with relationships. And if it wasn't, you know, relationships, these righteous earthly women, as I would call them, that I would pin my virtue and morality to, it would be sexual vices like masturbation. And eventually, I had this calling that I just had to. I don't. I don't. I have. I had never heard of a Marian consecration before. Well, I had heard of it, but I didn't know exactly what it was. But something was telling me that you know, Gabriel, we, you you have to do this. You just have to. You have to consecrate yourself to Mary. This is the only way you're getting out of this endless cycle of doom, and you're probably gonna end up in hell if you don't do something about this. And so I did it. I started my consecration on, let's see, I have a calendar here. I know you guys don't really care about the dates, but hey, this is for my own tracking. I started on the 13th of August, Friday the 13th. <laughs> and so it's a 33 day consecration and I, and today is the 15th, the feast day of the seven, seven sorrows of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I think that's very fitting because I have an artwork right behind there by Beatrice Catholic of the Seven Sorrows, um, Our Lady of Sorrows, 
Marte Dolorosa. And uh, that's always been one of my favorite artworks and you know, not just because of the artwork, but I think it's I think it's very, very meaningful. So what is this Marian consecration anyway for all of those uh, all of you out there who are confused? I'm like, what the heck is this thing? It sounds like some overly Marian thing that Protestants accuse us of. They always accuse us of glorifying Mary to the extent and I think a, an entire consecration to her. I think that's pretty extreme, isn't it? And perhaps that's what I thought as well. I thought it was this, oh, like, you know, scapulars, like, it's a bit, it's a bit too much, is it? You know, these Protestants always accusing us of the Mary worship, don't you think that's kind of creeping a little bit too close to the line of Mary worship? And I couldn't have been more wrong, really. This consecration was... I would have liked to think that you know, I'm such a Mary expert, I know all the apologetics, but boy, do I did I not know anything, and I still don't. <laughs> There's still such a long way to go, which is perhaps why this consecration is really, it's the start of a process, as it says. It's not something that, you know, today I just completed my consecration and wow, like, I'm done. No, not at all. It's really a process, a year-after-year year process that you constantly renew yourself. You renew this consecration every year, and every year you get closer and closer to Mary. And the logic behind it is essentially to Mary through Je to Jesus, to Jesus through Mary. And it makes... I know it's a cliche that they say that, oh, no G no Mary, no, no Jesus, right? And that because Jesus came through Mary, so we have to go through Mary to get to Jesus. On the surface level, all of that sounds like, honestly, kind of sounds like BS if an outsider looks in and says, yeah, what? Yeah, please, that's just a silly poetic excuse. But I guess this is why... I, I said at the beginning that, oh, I'm not going to recommend this consecration. I think this is something you have to be called to. But, no, nah, man, I do recommend it. I think everyone should really experience this and get a full understanding of why exactly it is that we Catholics put Mary on that level in Protestant language. But it's truly life-changing. And, of course... In a bit, I'm going to be sharing a bit of my takeaways, so I'm not just going to be, you know, pu pulling a leg and dragging you along and taking you along for a ride and not explaining anything. But to further explain, perhaps, a good example is, you know, we have many consecrations, not just to Mary. That's something that we have to take note of. Uh, we have consecrations to St. Joseph, other saints, and you know what we're essentially doing is saying, look, Mary, Mary, my mother, you are the mother of God. You know better than me. So I surrender my entire self to you, and I entrust my entire self to you. Look, again, a, a good analogy for this that the book used is... 
that we are mere peasants to God. I know it sounds so terrible. We're mere peasants to God, and all we have to offer, our offerings to Him are nothing but like an apple with like worms in it. And how the book explains it is Mary, as the Queen of Heaven, as the Queen Mother, she takes our offering and she you know, she removes all of the dirt and the worms on our um, peasanty apple, and she presents it on a nice golden platter and presents it to our Lord Jesus Christ, our King, for us. And, of course, it would please our Lord so much more realistically, because Catholicism is realistic. It would please him so much more to receive that offering, and that would please him so much more than your, you know, your little worm-filled apple offering. And... While that was, this idea was a bit hard to wrap yourself, wrap your head around, especially if you've been rather absorbed into this Protestantized Catholicism, where I guess you arrogate a bit too much to yourself. But I guess this really is Catholicism at its purest form. It's so much just humility and lowering oneself a lot of mortification that's the word and that was a side of catholicism that perhaps i wasn't as exposed to when i was younger perhaps i was very much exposed to the self-induced you know the catholic guilt and i thought it was some really cool emo shtick of you know i'm I'm such a terrible person and miserable but i'll get more into that in my takeaways so so what does this consecration entail it is a 33-day preparation to the consecration which i did today so before this i had 33 days and it's about four to five reflections a day and it's divided into five stages, at least the one that I'm following is, you know, five weeks. So the first week is actually pretty demoralizing. And it's all about hating the world, denying the world, denying the world in its earthly ways, putting our focus more on the eternal reward that, you know, this, the whole idea of this is uh, the world is it's just, you know, it's temporary hating our sin and essentially it's a massive guilt trip it it was such a massive guilt trip that in the second week they had to do a disclaimer and say that you know the first week might have been a bit demoralizing so when i read that i was like okay so it's normal good and week two is essentially a whole lot of soul searching uh, looking within there's a very thorough examination of conscience and it also recommends that you go for a confession And week three is all about getting to know Mary and who exactly Mary is and why she is so important for us sinners and how exactly her relationship with God and Jesus works, how exactly she is the distributive of graces and how exactly she's known as the mother of mercy, you know, all of the titles that we know her by basically explains all of them. It's... Essentially, a Marian, a Marian crash course, 
I'm not. I'm not sure if I would call it that. But you would. You learn a lot about Miri in a Mirian consecration if you get a good one. And in week four, it's all about knowing Jesus, how devotion to Mary is the shortest, safest, and quickest way of knowing and loving and serving our Lord Jesus Christ. And it talks also, it talks also a lot about the Eucharist, you know, the two pillars of the two pillars that the church anchors itself upon is, in fact, the most holy Eucharist and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And these two are really what keeps the church grounded there's this analogy of this ship and the two anchors are the holy eucharist and the blessed virgin mary and that is so beautiful and so true and the final week is week five essentially it's a debrief on life after consecration and how we can continue to grow in our grow in our relationship with mary and with that to Jesus. Now, I just want to take a quick look at the comment section. <laughs> is this a live or a premiere? This is live. I'm speaking to you live. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm not sure how to say your name. H-I-M-E. Him? Heim. Thank you, uh, Mrs. Miss H for your support and watching and I agree this world is not our home we shouldn't get too comfy in it and that was also a very hard part for me I was always someone who was like you know this world we have to be grateful for what we have so we have to make the most of it and perhaps because of that I was too um obsessed is not the word but I was too focused rather on these worldly comforts and this consecration experience really helped me to do away with that focus and readjust my focus to what is most most important. So to continue on with the consecration, with every day of the consecration, there are also prescribed prayers such as the Ave Maristella, the Litanies to the Holy Ghost, uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Blessed Virgin Mary. So for every single day during the last month or so, it was essentially four to five reflections a day, the prescribed prayers, daily rosary. And this was something that was new. I had never been, I've never been committed to <laughs> anything in my life that, oh, that sounds bad. I have been committed to things before, but rather I haven't been devoted to things like to things like this in the past ever before and this was the first time that it's gone on for so long and I actually looked forward to it and I actually enjoyed it and it just makes me a bit sad that the consecration is over but I think that's how you know the consecration is uh, kind of worked because you actually want to voluntarily devote yourself and that's that is what a devotion is isn't it it has to be voluntary not just an ob obligation so how have i changed from this i would say it's a process i can't say that oh i'm a completely new man right now 
because it really is a process of belonging to Mary more and more every single year and giving, surrendering, surrendering yourself more and more to her. But as of now, I won't say that it's completely no change. I will say that I think the greatest one would be the depression. I know that's an overused word, but I would say that before this, I was really miserable. I was, and I'll get more into this later, but I was so miserable. I was always thinking that my life was terrible and just, I guess, a victimhood mentality, I guess. But this consecration really, really changed my entire outlook on life. I guess it has to do with the whole this is all temporary and what is this in, in comparison to your eternal reward and also the what does your suffering compare to what the saints went through what jesus went through what mary went through you know fitting that today is the feast day of our lady of sorrows and the second thing is also before this as i said my addiction i was always turning to vices like masturbation to deal with my the you know the when you're miserable i guess you want something to fill that hole in your heart and i always say that the orgasm is the world's cheapest and most accessible drug and this consecration i guess a good saying a good way to sum it up is that a man cannot say the rosary every day and live in sin because he will either give up sin or he will give up the rosary. And that's, again, that is so true. And I guess what it took is the promise as how it works with, how it works before was, you know, I would make this promise but this promise was merely to earthly sources like earthly women earthly girls and this consecration is essential essentially a promise <laughs> it's a promise to the mother of god what could beat that and as i say earthly earthly women they come and go but our blessed mother is always going to be there She's never going to leave. There's a good analogy my friend Grayson shared with me. It came from this book, something about knights. But in this book, they say that every knight, every man, he has to seek out a princess to dedicate himself, himself to. But until he finds this princess, he's dedicated to our Blessed Mother. And I think that's something that every man should follow. That is the mentality, the mindset that every man should have. That yes, one day you will find your princess, but until then, your your promise, your promise, that's the key. Your promise is to the Blessed Virgin. So, let's get into the takeaways, shall we? Before we go on, I just want to give a quick shout out to <laughs> Catholic Connect for sending this wonderful shit out. It's a Fulton Sheen shit. Um, use my code GabrielXCharles in their shop. It's shop.catholic... Oh, I can't. 
I do not remember the link, but essentially, just go on Google, shop Catholic Connect, you will find it. They have excellent merch. Use my code for 20% off Gabriel X Charles at the checkout. And also, remember to subscribe to my channel. If you're listening on Spotify, then click the follow button, please. It goes a long way. Hit the like button, all of that stuff. So let's get on to the takeaways. <clears throat> First one being, I learned how to pray. Now, this might sound funny. Like, uh, what the heck? Did you not know how to pray? It's not that hard, is it? Talk to God. Well, yeah, I talked to God, but... I guess I didn't understand what it truly meant to pray. Uh, first of all, the consecration it gave an outline. The altar, um, it's an acronym. Ad adoration, love, thanksgiving, asking, reparation. That's like a guideline for guiding you in your prayer. And that was so useful in helping me to really align myself and put my focus and just recollect all my thoughts and all of my petitions and it's just a really good guideline and more importantly I understood I finally understood this I never understood this but this really changed everything for me and that is <clears throat> prayer is actually the bending of our will towards the will of God I'm going to repeat that. Prayer is actually the bending of our will towards the will of God. And as a Catholic, I was always so hung up about, not hung up, but I was always so proud of this thing that, oh, we have free will. We can, you know, free will. Yay. We're not like these predestination Protestants. And I guess I took it a bit too far in my head, just thinking that, you know, I want to do it my way. Like, you know, Frank Sinatra's, I did it my way. And that's, as my priest once said, that's the way to hell. <laughs> and this statement really helped me to understand what people meant by, you know, God's will. Leave it up to God. I used to have trouble understanding this. I used to always be so anxious like no no I have to you know I have my plans and I want to do it my way and I want to do God's will but I want to do it my way and just the simple statement it just hit me that it's not about that it's literally oh I don't know how to explain this but the statement the statement explains itself prayer is the bending of our will towards god's will so now when i pray i find myself instead of asking god oh god i want this i want that instead i ask god god your will be done help me to be open and humble enough to allow your will your will to act on me that I may align myself to your will that's the gist of it because God he he wishes the salvation of all but not all will be saved and that's exactly what it means God wills for everyone to be saved but not everyone aligns themselves to his will that was a mind-blowing moment for me for me and the second thing is i'm not i'm gonna stop counting but another thing is that i don't deserve anything 
And now this goes back to the entire being depressed thing. I was always so depressed because I felt so entitled to more, you know? I always asked God, why would you put me in this country when you knew that I would be miserable? And I always felt, you know, I deserve more than this. But I guess realizing what this consecration helped me to realize is that no, Gabriel, you don't deserve anything. You don't deserve any of this. You live such a comfortable life and you, you don't deserve any of it at all. And so now, instead of thinking about what I don't have, I think about I instead rejoice in the little that I do have. I rejoice that I even have anything at all. And how how blessed I truly am to be such a terrible sinner and not deserve anything at all. And yet we as sinners, I still receive so much of God's mercy. And not only that, he still continues to give so many blessings, so many blessings now and so many blessings to come in the future. And the thing is, even if I don't get any blessings in the future, then heck, if I've learned anything, it's definitely the book of Job. This has become, I guess, my new mantra, which is naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all of this, Job did not sin against God or curse God, go something like that. And that truly is such a beautiful sentiment that I've realized through this consecration that truly, blessed be the name of the Lord. Regardless of what you have or don't have, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. I find myself now saying more and more often when things are bad when things are good blessed be the name of the lord because really that is all we can do the next thing is the rosary is a great sign of predestination now this word predestination i immediately thought oh no calvinism what is this but no that's not what it's about is earlier we talked about how God wills for everyone to be saved, but not everyone will align their will to God's will. And I guess because God knows everything, he knows whether or not we will be saved in the end. Now, we don't know if we will be saved. God knows, yes, but we don't know. So how can we be sure? Well, something that this book also highlighted um, it's similar to the quote that I talked about earlier but it says that nobody who says this rosary every day will become a formal heretic or be led astray by the devil and I just think that is so comforting I guess this is what led Martin Luther to started his whole, his whole reformation he wanted to be assured of his salvation because with how catholicism works with how christianity works okay because catholicism is christianity we don't know we can't know something so disturbing is the fact that you could be righteous all of your 
all of your life. But if you were to fall at the last minute and you die in a state of mortal sin, <laughs> that's it. You're screwed. At least from what we know. But the rosary, that's, you know, Our Lady's promises, Our Lady's promises in the rosary. These are so comforting. And to know that every great saint was so devout to the rosary, it's such a great comfort. And what better peace could you have? We always want to have some control. Well, you know what you can control? Whether you, whether or not you say the rosary every day. <laughs> that, that That's such a great gift. And truly, it makes you wonder why not everyone says the rosary every day. And I can't say that because I've... <laughs> for the longest time. I didn't. And again, that's why it's so important to spread the devotion of the rosary, which is another point I'll talk about later. But another thing that I learned is that a just man falls seven times a day. Everyone sins. This is something that I've always been big on. But this further reinforced this, that even... A just man falls falls seven times a day. And this is mostly to say that no matter how saintly you are, and that's why every saint had such a great devotion to the rosary. Every great saint had such a great devotion to the rosary because even at that level, we still need so much mercy. And our mother is truly a mother of mercy she in the promises of the rosary you know there are so many miraculous stories about how some might have fallen short and they could have been just damned to hell but because of their devotion to the rosary mary the mother of mercy came in interceded for them and their souls were saved and how beautiful is that <laughs> like Who are we to think that we can do it all on our own, right? Think that we... Who are we to have so much confidence that we would die in a state of grace and just go straight to heaven or, you know, go do purgatory? Who are we to think that we don't need this extra help? And when our Blessed Mother is offering out this free gift of... Just, this is free. This is, and she promises so much in it. Who are we to say, nah, we don't need it. We can do it ourselves. That's how I see it now. That's essentially what we're saying if we don't say the rosary every single day. We're essentially saying, without this devotion to Mary, we're essentially saying that we can do it on our own. We don't need you. <laughs> Well, that's not what the saints thought. And are we on the level of saints? I don't think so. So, who am I to not say the rosary? And me knowing that I'm a terrible sinner. <laughs> Another thing that I learned moving on. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his own soul? That's, again, another thing that I took away, which is, you know, 
I've always had a lot of worldly aspirations. But when you realize that you could have nothing, but yet if you have God, if you have this devotion to Mary, so what? So what if you have nothing? What does it profit a man if he gains the entire world but loses his own soul? Because your soul is for eternity. This is the message that he, every priest, and during the homilies, the, this is the message that they're always harping on. It's still, so many of us don't get it. We we just keep ignoring it, saying, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll, yeah, sure. And talking about all of this, it makes me realize, if anything, I've realized that all of these things, we we know these things, but I guess this is what uh, actually making the effort and doing something about it and taking action and doing something like a consecration does, it opens up your mind and helps you to really absorb these messages. It helps you to absorb the true message of the gospel that you've been hearing for your entire life. And you can say, yeah, yeah, I'm saved, yay, read the Bible, yay. But I guess devotion is such an active, it's such an active decision. And that really is a lot of what Catholicism, Catholicism is, isn't it? Full of very, very active decisions every single day. Choices. My favorite priest, he always says, the choice is yours. Truly, now I know what that means. Another thing is, one cannot honor Mary too much. Because devotion to Mary always means devotion to Jesus. Enough said. Have I ever been worried about honoring Mary too much? Yes, I have. But this consecration, once again, has taught me that, no, you can't. You can't honor Mary too much. So just call me Mr. Rosary, Mr. Mi Mr. Mary. <laughs> just call me Rosary Boy, Rosary Man from now on, because um, leading on to the next point, the importance of spreading the devotion of the Rosary. Now, this one resonated very well with me. Because something that I do is, uh, you know, I don't like wearing things around my neck. Um, I'll talk a bit about that later. But I don't like wearing things about my uh, around my neck. I think it's very uncomfortable. So instead, what I do is I carry my rosary in my around my belt loop or or in my pocket, and I allow this part of the rosary to hang out. So it's sort of like my visible crucifix, but just that I think it makes me look cool. You know, I have a rosary slinging out the slinging out from my belt. And so this story that was shared in this book is about a king who all he wanted to encourage his troops, his soldiers, his subjects to be devoted to the rosary. So he wore a rosary around his belt. And unfortunately, he did not say the rosary very much himself. And that, that was me. I, 
I have the rosary around my belt. Did I say it? Yeah, maybe before I sleep and fall asleep halfway. But I never said the rosary like proper. And throughout this consecration, I've literally been doing Jonathan Rumi's uh, on Hallow, the Hallow app, the scriptural rosary. So it's not just the, the rosary, but it's before on every bead, it's a scripture passage, a scripture verse. Um, depending on which mystery it is. So it's it's like 40 minutes long. And so since then I've been, since the consecration, I've been dedicating myself to that. And I do plan to continue on that because it's really great. Anyway, back to the story. This king, he never said it himself very much. So did I. So unfortunately he died. And uh, when he died, he got a vision from the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she said that because you encouraged, because of your, because of how you encouraged so many people to be devoted to the rosary, I'm going to give you this grace, um, you know, like a second chance of sorts. And he was healed, I guess. He was, you know, he came back from the dead or whatever you want to call it. And from that day on, he never failed to say the rosary every single day. And he continued to spread the devotion. Now, I don't want to take the risk of dying and having to get a vision now. Who knows? I might not get that grace. And, I, you know, I, I might not have that much influence as a king to spread the devotion that much. So... Uh, it's better for me to not take the risk. But it does inspire me to definitely want to spread this devotion even more, which is why I said, you know, just call me Mr. Rosary now. Call me Rosary, man. Because the fact that even the act of spreading the devotion grants you graces, heck, I'm going to do that. And you know me. <clears throat> so the next thing that I learned I know I've gone on for a while but I only have I think two more points left so do bear with me this concept of Mary being the mold of Christ one of these there's a lot of things that I don't understand yet but this was something that helped me to understand a bit more which is that <sighs> Christ was molded in Mary's womb. She's essentially the mold of Christ. So when we give ourselves to Mary, we're essentially allowing her to mold us into sort of Christ prototypes. And that is so amazing. That is such a great way to look at it. And of course, the book, The Consecration, there's so many reflections from St. Louis de Montfort, Imitation of Christ, etc., that talk about all of these things so much better than I can. But that's just a realization that I had, which was <laughs> it's just one of those things that make you go, wow, Eureka. The other thing is focus on yourself instead of others. So many times we want to focus on others and other people's imperfections. But really, when you really look at things i guess this this is a very jordan peterson idea fix yourself because you can't fix the world but you can fix yourself 
and I think Catholicism has a lot of similar themes. In, in fact, this is exactly how you become a saint, right? Sanctify yourself and you will sanctify society. Not sure he said that, but it's a quote by a saint. And I think the final point is that you don't need to feel anything. I think that's a big problem with this, you know, the mega churches and the charismatic renewal movement that it pins a lot of the it pins a lot of it pins it onto emotions a bit too much that you know you have to feel something to feel Christ but the thing is you don't have to feel anything at all and a good quote that I like is speaking on the rosary nor should one give it up because his mind is flooded with countless involuntary distractions or because one experiences a strange distaste in the soul and an almost continual and oppressive fatigue in the body. Neither feeling, nor consolation, nor highs, nor transports, nor the continual attention of the imagination are needed. Faith and good intentions are quite enough. Faith alone suffices. Faith alone, ha, sola fide, right? Ha, ha. We had it first. And how great is this? I was sharing on my Instagram stories. How great is this that I'm being a mere lowly fool with limited intellectual capacity can glorify God with such mere faith and just good intent? Back to the rosary being a great sign of predestination, how much peace is there? You know, if you struggle with anxiety, I guess, if you struggle with insecurity, how much comfort is there in knowing that in the end everything's going to be okay? Already you get that from Christ, right? get that from the gospel in the end everything's going to be okay because you have jesus what greater comfort the comfort of a heavenly mother can that give you how beautiful is that so (laughs) to conclude i know that was a long list of takeaways and just rambling on but to conclude has this changed me I wouldn't say that it's, you know, done a 180 transformation, but I know that I'm definitely a very different man from when I was when I started this. And of course, everyone grows and everyone's constantly growing. But when you do something, when you do something like a consecration and you spend every day with such intense dedication to these devotions, it does something to you. And sometimes all we need is that commitment. Hence, again, I really recommend this. But I am still very much a sinner. The wounds of my past, they still creep into my mind every single day, multiple times a day. As they said, a just man falls seven times a day. But this consecration, it's not meant to be some healing experience of some magic words that you say every day and you get healed no but rather it's really a decision it's a dedication to put in the effort to change because that's what we all have is it isn't it 
That's what we all have, free will. We don't live in sin because we're just bad people. We live in sin because we're not committed enough to our promises, our baptismal promises. It's like a marriage. I- imagine if you were married and you just you just gave in to every temptation to cheat on your spouse. And that's exactly what we do when we sin. We break our baptismal promises to God. We make idols out of other things, which is why idolatry and adultery are essentially so correlated and essentially the same thing. And this is what exactly, this is exactly what a consecration is. It is a promise. It's essentially a promise on top of your original baptismal promises to reinforce it. Essentially, it is a promise, a consecration, a promise to Mary to give your entire self to her, to entrust yourself to her. And it's going to be a long journey. This is why they they don't say that, oh, yeah, you just do it once and, yeah, hooray, you're done. It's really a year-after-year thing, living a life consecrated to Mary. Hence, one of the recommendations is the enrollment in the brown scapula. Which it was something at the beginning I was talking about it, right? Or scapulas, oh, like, and I, the fact that I hate wearing things. But the, the consecration, the reflections really changed my mind on it, and I shan't get too deeply, too deep into it. But what really changed my perspective on it is this: that wearing the scapula when you put it on every morning it's like you essentially remind yourself you remind yourself that you're putting on the yoke you know that bible verse my yoke is easy in my bed and light you know take up your cross that is essentially every morning you're reminding yourself to take on your yoke and take on your suffering of every day to suffer alongside christ and mary and I thought that was so great. Like, I am a sucker for these you know, physical reminders and all of these meaningful things. <laughs> you know me, I'm a sucker for all of that. So that got me sold. But once again, I don't know how to convince you, if you're not convinced by now, to do a Marian consecration. But I will just say this. If you're looking for... A reason there's never gonna be like a reason why as I said you have to have a calling but I guess you don't need a reason because at the end of the day it really is a decision it's a decision to dedicate yourself and how does it all work I don't have an answer for that either it just bloody works that's what I said about the rosary as well and same goes for this just works and i guess that's why it's called a promise and you decide to have a promise don't you so and you know you don't have a feeling that you need to make a promise it's a decision usually promises aren't things that you that just come to you and you know unless you're lucky i was lucky that it just came to me that okay i have to make this promise but often it's A promise is something that you just have to make. It really is a decision.
So, final words is my favorite priest likes to say, the choice is yours. And from my sharing, I can guarantee you that, again, it just bloody works. Like this is the surest, most secure way to knowing Jesus. Consecration to Mary. I think that's the tagline. Consecration to Mary. It just bloody works. So make your decision. The choice is yours. With that said, thank you for sticking through and for all of those who, who will be watching this. Uh, I hope this will be helpful. I hope this will convince you. And I thank all of you for bearing with my absence. It's been a wild ride, but I trust me, I have great things planned for the future. You're not going to see the last of me. This is not the last of me that you'll be seeing. And I hope you look forward to the content. So if you want to be around for that, you've got to make sure that you're subscribed. So hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, click the uh, hit the like button, follow me on Instagram, leave a comment so it helps the algorithm, etc. And also, I've also found a new fascination with emails. So if you want to send me an email, it's gabriel at thecatacombdiaries.com. If you want to send me an email, I love receiving emails. So send me an email. All right. I shall see all of you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.